Why do you behave the way you do? And how can you unlock your full potential? And how can mindfulness lead to better performance? Hello and welcome to this episode of Take 15. I'm Lauren Foster, Content Director with CFA Institute. And joining me today to answer those questions and more is Dr. Caroline Notabart. Dr. Notabart is founder and CEO of One Step Ahead, Notabart Consulting, which specializes in helping companies and people put neuroscience into practice. She's also the author of the best-selling book in German, How the Brain Brings Peak Performance. Welcome, Dr. Notabart. Thank you so much for being here. Your firm specializes in something called neuromanagement. What exactly is neuromanagement? Well, as a neuroscientist, I have discovered quite a lot of important findings with respect to how does the brain make decisions? How can we reach a peak performance in our brain? How can we regulate ourselves? And these are topics that very seldom also reach the audience. So what I started to do a few years ago after my time of uh, research, I started to translate neuroscience into practice, especially for leadership development. And what I do there is I translate the scientific findings of neuroscience into practice. And the use of these new rules is what we call neuromanagement. So we use the rules from neurosciences into a certain kind of development developmental process. So much of your work focuses on performance and how to get the best out of teams. So how do you define performance? And many people want to know what is the relationship between intelligence and performance? We use a very easy to understand definition from performance, namely performance stands for the potential we all have minus our internal interferences. The potential, that's our intelligence, it's the know-how, the skills, expertise, experiences. And we all have that, but we also all have to deal with internal interferences. So what are internal interferences? Let me give you two examples to make that clear. Let's say that you are very good at singing, you have a good potential to sing. When you're home, alone, you're singing in the shower, you're singing in the car, and you bring your perfect performance. However, if you're in front of an audience, all of a sudden you notice you are not bringing your best performance. It's because in that moment, we are dealing with internal interferences, such as nervousness, negative thoughts, perhaps anxiety. And what it is that we need them to access our potential to sing, it's a capacity that we call self-regulation. So self-regulation is your capacity to observe and recognize your internal interferences and to reduce them so you can always access your potential. So if I understand correctly, these interferences largely come from the amygdala and are needed for survival, but they block performance if overactivated. Is that right? So what's happening with our prefrontal cortex? And can you give viewers an example, perhaps describe briefly a day of how one can end up in what you call a state of depletion? Yeah, so let me describe you just a normal day and let's see what happens in our amygdala and in our prefrontal cortex. Let's say you wake up and you didn't sleep enough. If you don't sleep enough, your prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain we need for cognitive performance, is not fully charged. It's a bit like a battery. Then you start your work, you have so many meetings, and all the meetings you have, all the tasks you have, they all rely on your prefrontal cortex. All the time you're using your battery, so your battery is getting empty, and the amygdala are getting more and more free play, so to say. 
Then you get home and when you're home, usually after a day like that, our cognitive battery is empty, our amygdala are having free play, not just with us, but also with the people who we live with, like the children, you know, they also have this battery, but it's tiny and very quickly empty. With our partner, our partner comes home, he or she also has an empty battery and this is a perfect situation for conflict. So it's important to understand that a day like that, our brain is just not designed to deal with that because the amygdala will become so activated that it's a very large disturbance and we are not showing the best version of ourselves after a day like that. So when our mental battery is, is really low and we need recharging, that's when it's really key to uh, use some self-regulation techniques. Yes. Um, so you say the best predictor for performance and success is the ability to self-regulate. So tell us, how do we self-regulate? And what are some of the strategies to try and access our potential? Yeah. So self-regulation indeed, that's our ability to down-regulate amygdala activation. That's in the end what we want to do. So down-regulate the source of internal interferences. And there's two types of self-regulation strategies. One type are the so-called cognitive strategies. And these are strategies with which I can down-regulate amygdala activation, but for which I need my prefrontal cortex. So these are very good strategies if you have the mental energy, if you have the time, you can use them to downregulate amygdala activation. However, in many situations we don't have the time or we don't take the time to use a cognitive strategy or we don't have any battery left, mental battery left. And then we need something else and we need something uh, which we call a non-cognitive self-regulation strategy. It's a strategy which, which I can downregulate effectively my amygdala activation without relying on the prefrontal cortex. This is a very powerful self-regulation strategy and this is called mindfulness. And this strategy, when you practice it regularly, and I'm not talking here about half an hour a day, 10 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, when you have the time for that. And I think we all have the 20 minutes per day. And if you regularly practice that, what you will see, what will happen in your brain is that your amygdala will become smaller and less activated. So in mindfulness, can you explain to viewers what the difference is between mindfulness and meditation or whether in your mind they're the same thing? There is many types of meditations and one type is the mindfulness meditation and the mindfulness meditation there is only one correct way of applying it, namely that you switch between two particular networks in your brain. That's the, the core of mindfulness meditation and this is what we do. There is also many other types of meditation, but other types of meditations don't necessarily switch between those two networks. So therefore, the only strategy, the only meditation strategy that leads to those positive advantages that I've just described to you is mindfulness meditation where you switch between those two networks. And we call that meditation not because we want to do something esoteric, but just simply because we practice the switching between networks over an X amount of minutes. So neuroscience has shown that mindfulness meditation impacts the structure and the function of the brain with many positive effects on mental health and physical health and stress relief. So tell us what's going on in the brain when one practices mindfulness. Yes. So we have one very dominant network in our brain, which we call the default mode network. 
So I'm not sure if you noticed how many thoughts your brain produces per day. It's a lot, it's about 70,000 thoughts per day, and they are being produced by our default mode network. It's pretty much who you are, the thoughts you have, the personality you have, and this network is very dominantly activated. It's so to say the hamster wheel of thoughts that constantly is blabbering in the, in the background of our mind. That's the default mode network. Now for mindfulness, we use a different network, namely the direct experience network. The direct experience network is a network that is in large or strong connection with our senses and if we activate the direct experience network, we deactivate the default mode network. So the entire hamster wheel of thoughts, the busyness of our mind, we shut it out by activated consciously the direct experience network. So what do you tell skeptics who say mindfulness and meditation don't belong in the world of finance and investing? Well, I would say, first of all, come to one of my speeches, uh, just to see that I discovered mindfulness from a totally different uh, point of view, totally different perspective. As a scientist, I never even thought that I would get into contact with a meditation technique, but the research is there. The research is there. And if you would still say after fully understanding the science behind mindfulness, that it doesn't belong, for example, in the finance world, to me, it means you have not understood the science behind it. So do you have a mindfulness practice? And if so, can you describe it? Yes. The way I practice is I always um, use my hands for it because I just have a lot of uh, senses in my hands, so to say. So when I practice mindfulness, usually I sit down, but you can also do it standing. So you're very flexible. But I usually I sit down. It's in the evening time. I close my eyes and I bring my attention to my senses. And usually because I very strongly feel my hands, I just bring my attention to my hands. And then if I get distracted, which of course happens, you could also bring your attention to your breathing. And this you can do for about 10 to 15 minutes. And usually that's also the time that I would do is about 15 minutes to 20 minutes. So let's bring this all together now and leave viewers with one key takeaway. What's the one thing that we can all start doing today that will help improve our performance over the long run? I would say come to your senses. If we activate our senses, we bring our attention to our senses regularly, you will shut out the busyness of your mind. And the busyness of our mind has expanded so much with the complexity, with digitalization, that this is absolutely the key to go to remain, uh, to having a good performance in a world like this. Thank you so much for your insights today and thank you for watching. Copyright 2018, CFA Institute, all rights reserved. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.